BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. This episode is brought to you in part by Noom. Forget one size fits all diets. With Noom, you get a personalized weight loss plan that's tailored to your lifestyle. No food is off limits. Enjoy your favorites while discovering healthier habits. Noom's users love the flexible approach, blending psychology and biology to help you lose weight in a way that's sustainable for you. And great news for foodies. Noom just released the Noom Kitchen Cookbook with 100 delicious, healthy recipes. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M dot com. Grab your copy of The Noom Kitchen wherever books are sold. The royal family rings in the new year with a special message and picture from Kate and William. It wasn't posed, it wasn't staged, it was just a lovely moment between them that the photographer happened to capture. And Queen Elizabeth appoints Camilla to a special honor and Prince Charles praises William and Harry in a climate essay. So we know it's been tense, we know they're not really speaking, so it was really lovely to see Charles make such a supportive statement and say that, you know, he is still proud of his son. And royal expert Jonathan Sacerdoti reveals the royal family's big 2020 plans from Harry's book to Kate's 40th birthday. We'll be seeing something a lot lower key is what we've been told. So her birthday's on January the 9th, and it's going to be quite scaled back because of the COVID pandemic. We've got that plus so much more in today's Royally Us. Hello to our fellow royal lovers and welcome to Royally Us. I'm Christina, that's Christine. Happy New Year to everyone. Christine, how are you? I'm doing really well. Happy New Year to you. We made it. 2022. Here we go. <laughs> we made it. <laughs> I hope you had a good holiday. Yes, it was really lovely. And fingers crossed that this year looks a lot brighter than the last few. I hope so. I hope so. And it's definitely going to be <laughs> bright for the royal family. We got a lot of news to get to. So let's get right into our royal roundup and kick it off with the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge, who rang in the new year with a rare and intimate glimpse at their relationship. So to mark New Year's Eve, they um, shared a really beautiful photo featuring the Two of them cozied up in the back of a limo. The photo, which featured both of them um, at the James Bond premiere of this last September. So one of um, my favorite looks on Kate. And I just love this picture because we don't really see them holding hands and, you know, I know. for the camera. <laughs> <laughs> I love this. It was such an intimate moment. They're holding hands. They're really leaning into each other. And we don't know if it was right before the um the premiere or right afterwards, but it's clearly a private moment. So either it's right before they get in front of the cameras or it's right afterwards when they make that big sigh of relief, like, oh, okay, I can relax now. Um, but it was so lovely. It looked really um, off the cuff. It didn't, it wasn't posed. It wasn't staged. It was just a lovely moment between them that the photographer happened to capture. Yeah. They just looked so happy and they wished everybody a very happy 2022. So it just, I, I like it. I like seeing like them in their own element a little bit and you know you know that's like just one of those fun moments that the the photographer got to capture so definitely very cool it's 
Yeah. Very cool. It's so relatable. It's mom and dad's date night. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, Prince Charles also took a moment to send a message in the new year, calling attention to the conflicts surrounding political and religious persecution around the world. Now, in a statement, he said, as we start a new year, we might take a moment to remember the many people around the world who are standing up for freedom and human rights in places such as Afghanistan, Syria, and Myanmar, among others, the threats and reality of political and religious persecution and insecurity are coupled with an increasingly dire humanitarian situation. So much different statement than Kate and William. (laughs) (laughs) Very different from the Bond premiere. This was a really um, strong, powerful statement. But what really struck me is it felt like a statement that should come from the sovereign or the head of state. And I think it really was a another indication that Charles is going to be taking on a larger role within the royal family as the queen kind of relaxes a bit. Um, So this maybe in the past might have been a statement that the queen may have made or something similar to that. And instead, Charles is making it as he takes on a stronger role. Yeah. No, I totally agree with you. This is definitely a bold statement to kind of kick off the new year and it kind of shows his political and religious standpoint. So maybe this is something that he's going to be working on in the new year, especially this as well as uh, climate change, which, as we know, is a huge passion of Charles. And he actually wrote an essay for Newsweek magazine, which is actually his first for an American publication in over a decade. And he described the impact climate change has had around the globe. And he also praised his two sons, William and Harry, for their work in combating climate change and highlighting William's Earthshot Prize and the work Harry has has done in Africa. He wrote, as a father, I am proud that my sons have recognized this threat. Most recently, my elder son, William, launched the prestigious Earthshot Prize to incentivize change and help repair our planet over the next 10 years. And my younger son, Harry, has passionately highlighted the impact of climate change, especially in relation to Africa, and committed his charity to being net zero. I feel like this is the first time Charles has publicly talked about Harry in quite some time. Yeah, it's a lot. It's been a while since Charles has really mentioned Harry. You know, we know that that relationship has been tumultuous for a while. And all we've really heard from Harry's camp is that Omid Scobie said that, you know, the relationship was um, difficult and it's a very tense situation. So we know it's been tense. We know they're not really speaking. So it was really lovely to see Charles make such a supportive statement and say that, you know, he is still proud of his son. I think he'll always be proud of his son and the accomplishments that he's made through his charitable work. Right. Now, hopefully this is baby steps into, um, you know, maybe (laughs) making amends because, you know, we've been talking about this for years at this point. And, you know, we've had so many um, experts come on saying that they're talking, they're not talking. We'll never really know, but it does seem it, it is a, a nice thing for him to do to publicly shout out his son and the and the hard work that he has done over the years. Yep, I totally agree. It was definitely notable. I think he definitely made that statement on purpose. Yeah, totally. All right. Well, Princess Eugenie shared um, a brand brand new photos of her and her husband Jack Brooksbank's son August. This was her way of kind of bringing in the new year. She wrote on Instagram, "Happy New Year to all. Goodbye, 2021, a year that blessed us with our boy and saw our family grow with new additions, but also a year that took some of our biggest and brightest lights forever in our hearts." And she shared a series of photos, not only of um, her son. And, uh, you know, Prince Philip, obviously, who we lost uh, this past April and her uh, her sister's daughter as well. So uh, a nice collection of photos. 
It was so lovely. And I love that she highlighted the highs and the lows. You know, she also lost her father-in-law, Jack Brooks Banks, and she showed a beautiful photo of him um, with his father. And we saw a tribute to Prince Philip, but we also saw um, a behind a sort of a behind the scenes look of that double christening, which I think was so exciting mm -hmm. um, to see a snapshot. I know there was a lot of people wondering who wore the royal christening gown because you had Lucas um, and you had August. There's obviously only one very famous christening gown. So who got to wear it? Turns out it was Princess Eugenie's son, um, you know, frills and lace up to his chin. <laughs> and it was just lovely to see those very intimate photos. Yeah, it is. It's always so nice when they kind of uh, peel back the curtain and we can kind of see what goes on behind the scenes a little bit. So definitely a nice way to end the year uh, yeah, for them definitely. and for us. So thank you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that right. was lovely. Definitely. All right. Well, Queen Elizabeth ended the year with some sad news. Diana Maxwell, Lady Farnham, died on December 29th at the age of 90, ending her 34-year run as Queen Elizabeth's Lady-in-Waiting. She started her role as Lady of the Bedchamber in 1987. And in recognition of her service, the Queen, who of course is now 95, appointed her Commander Royal Victorian Order CBO after more than a decade working for the monarch in 1998. So obviously this woman has been by her side for a very long period of time. And, you know, it just unfortunately kind of taps off a year of hardships for the queen. And this is not the, the, the second lady in waiting that passed away this year too. Yes. This is her second lady in waiting who's passed away this year. It must be heartbreaking for her. Um, these women are so close to her. They, and they serve in this role for, so, I mean, 34 years is such a long time to serve in this role. Normally a lady in waiting um, is kind of um, a companion or a confidant to the queen might help arrange her schedule, might help with things, you know, like I mean, the queen always wears the same handbag, but sort of things like which bag goes with this outfit. Um, and they tend to sort of anticipate needs. So making sure that there's, uh, you know, water or a cup of tea or whatever the queen might need when she's out, when she's getting in the car, um, just throughout her day-to-day -day life. And so these women really look after her and really become very close and they're a part of her day-to-day -day life. So it must just be devastating when someone who is that much a part of your everyday life is is gone. Yeah, it really does. And, you know, we saw her, the lady in waiting, even though uh, Queen Elizabeth had to sit alone at Prince Philip's funeral, uh, she did ride along with her um, in, in the right. car. So, you know, she, they're, they're her, her right hand woman, you know, they're right yeah. there all yeah. the time. So, you know, it's, it's gotta be devastating for her. So, you know, kind of caps off a really hard year. It has been such a difficult year and it's, we're all, you know, I think everyone who admires her is really thinking of her during such a terrible time. Definitely. All right. Well, Queen Elizabeth uh, did, uh, has been busy these past couple of days as well. She actually appointed Camilla Duchess of Cornwall to the Order of the Garter. So this is a, actually a really big deal. The Order of the Garter was founded by Edward III in 1348 and is the most senior order of knighthood in the British honor system. So this is, like I said, this is kind of a, a big deal and uh, um, a big honor for Camilla. This is huge. This is one of the biggest honors that the queen can bestow. I think um, just in general, but especially for a woman, there are not that many women in the order of the garter. Mm -hmm. um, I know Princess Anne is one of them, but if you look at the list, obviously it's a very male dominated honor. Um, so I think it says so much 
towards her relationship with Camilla, which has clearly grown over the years, to how much the queen admires and respects the work that Camilla does for the country. Yeah, I mean, look at how far that they've come, you know? I mean, (laughs) a relationship that started with scandal and now to receive one of the most prestigious awards, um, honors from the queen is kind of, like you said, a testament to their relationship. Do we know if there's going to be a ceremony for this at all? Usually there's a bit, there's a ceremony, a celebration in June. Um, it's this, almost the same weekend as Trooping the Colors, the Order of the Garter ceremonies. And so they come out with their big plumed hats um, and their ceremonial robes. And so hopefully that'll be part of the Jubilee celebrations and we'll still see that traditional ceremony taking place. Yeah. And um, in addition to Camilla, uh, Daniel Craig and Tony Blair also received um, some big honors from the Queen as well. Yep, uh, it looks like she's also honoring Tony Blair and Daniel Craig. I saw something that now Daniel Craig has the same honors as 007 does yes. in real life. I thought that that was great. <laughs> it's been a I big fun year, hasn't it, with the uh, film and nominees mm-hmm. honors. I, th- I love that. I think that's fantastic. Well, a, a toddler actually received a big honor from the queen as well from Windsor Castle after she dressed up as the queen for Halloween. So cute. She dressed up as the queen with her little corgis and uh, got a little shout out from the queen. I know. I love this. She got a special letter from the queen thanking her for the lovely photograph. I, the girl looks so cute. She's got the hat and the coat. Um, and they also enclosed a special, um, I think it was a little special card all about royal pets. So she had a corgi in her photo and now she can learn all about the royal corgis. So cute. I love when they take the time to, uh, you know, kind of shout out these uh, royal fans and the little girl looked fantastic. She looked great. <laughs> It was a great costume. I I have boys, so I'll never get to do that. But if I had a little girl, I would definitely be stealing that. I love it. I love it. So good. All right. Well, now it is time to spill the royalty. And let's talk about Elton John. This is an interesting story. So while he notably reworked his song Candle in the Wind at Princess Diana's funeral, the British royals weren't initially on board with his special tribute performance, which I'm surprised because Elton John and uh, Princess Diana were really good friends. Um, He reworked this song for her, but, you know, the royals weren't initially on board. I know it, it is really interesting looking back with their relationship because Elton John has spoken publicly about how um, he has a pretty good relationship with the Royals, even still to this day. He said that he's had, you know, a lighthearted relationship with the Queen. And yet there was some controversy around the um, around Diana's funeral where they weren't on board with the performance. But then I think that entire time was just really tense. There was so much tension with Diana's funeral, with, um, you know, even with her brother's speech, which ended up being quite a significant issue at the funeral. And I think just across the board, there was so much tension in the air that weird decisions were made. Yeah, definitely. Well, it was a beautiful tribute and uh, glad it went off because <laughs> it was a beautiful yeah. moment. All right. Well, now it is time to break down the royal rules and look ahead at what this new year has in store for the royal family. And to help us do that is royal expert Jonathan Sacrodoti. Take a look. All right. Well, Jonathan, thank you so much for joining us. Happy New Year. How are you? Happy New Year to you. I'm good. Thank you. I'm very well. Thank goodness. Well, we are always so happy to have you on the show. And obviously, 2022 is going to be a big year for the royal family. And kicking it off, um, it is Duchess Kate's birthday coming up, her 40th birthday. Do we have any idea of how she's going to be celebrating? 
Well, we certainly have someone to compare it to, and I might get a bit of grief in the comments for this, but we saw how Meghan conducted herself for her 40th, and we can wonder whether or not Catherine's going to be doing the same thing. Meghan, of course, did that uh, video where she had uh, her new, let's say, initiative announced, where she was trying to help people to get back into work after many people had lost their jobs with COVID through mentoring. I don't think we'll be seeing anything similar from Princess Catherine. I think that um, we'll be seeing something a lot lower key is what we've been told. So her birthday's on January the 9th, and it's going to be quite scaled back because of the COVID pandemic. I mean, here in the UK, the numbers are back up again. There's this Omicron variant. There's no, no lockdown in place, but some resistance to big gatherings. It's something that people just maybe don't think is the best thing to do, and perhaps as ever, the royal family will be keen to set an example to others. So even for a big, important birthday like her 40th, and even being who she is, she's choosing perhaps to do something lower key so as to set a good example. Last year, she was in lockdown with William and their children. And in fact, she'll even be missing out on a tradition of uh, the bells at Westminster Abbey being rung for senior royals' birthdays, uh, because that's not going to happen now because they've stopped doing that, except they will only do it for the birthday of the Queen and Prince Charles. And that's apparently a cost-cutting uh, idea. So poor Catherine won't even be getting those bells rung out. Oh, jeez. COVID ruining Ooh. everything. It ruins all our fun. It really does. <laughs> Jonathan, what can we expect from William and Kate in the next year? Do you think that they're going to take on more responsibilities or are there any new initiatives we can look forward to? Well, I think we can expect quite a lot from them, actually. And I think that's because they're enjoying quite a high level of popularity. And that's no accident. The royal family will be wanting to put their best foot forward. They had a pretty rotten year in 2021. So I think 2022 could be time for them to turn over a new leaf and, and get back really how they want to be as much as possible. And part of that will be through Prince William and Catherine. I think they'll be making many appearances. I think they've been enjoying a, a really good response to what they've done in the last few months. And it's been reported that they will be taking on additional charity work and attending more events, making more appearances. Uh, and of course, they will perhaps be spreading the load from the Queen, taking on some more events that she might once have done because she seems to be slowing things down a little bit in terms of her in-person appearances. So they, of course, along with the other senior royals, will be taking on some of those responsibilities as well, I think. Mm -hmm. I know it's a big year because the uh, Platinum Jubilee is coming up. What can we expect and look forward to um, in terms of events and who we might see during those celebrations? Well, this is an extremely exciting moment. And so coupled with the slight nervousness people have about the Queen's health and uh, how much she is able to take on now in the style that she used to, there are these plans for a celebration. And of course, other than her health, there will be the whole issue of COVID that might perhaps scupper some of the plans that involve large meetings of people. We just don't know at this stage how things are going to map out in the UK or anywhere else in the world in terms of COVID and the numbers. Uh, but this will be the first time a monarch is celebrating 70 years on the throne here and that's really a very exciting moment not just about her but about that milestone and the royal family will be touring the country for a year-long celebration through the uk and even the commonwealth and in early june there'll be an extended bank holiday weekend so lots of time off for people in the uk harry and megan will probably be in attendance if all you know if 
traveling and everything is okay with the, you know, the kids and everything like that. So this will probably be the first time that Megan and Harry have come back. Obviously Harry came back for the, the statue unveiling, but this is the first time that the queen will hopefully meet her a great granddaughter. Well, that could be the case. Um, I have heard some rumours that maybe Prince Harry will come back without Meghan. Uh, it is notable that she hasn't been back during those visits he's made. She hasn't really been back to the UK, as far as I know, uh, mm. since they left. And she may sense that she's not the most popular person here with the public. Uh, so it might be that they'll find a reason for her not to come. Could be the children. Uh, it could be that they just don't want to steal the focus away from those celebrations and the Queen. Uh, but of course, whatever they do, unfortunately for them and for the royal family, it will steal some focus because if she doesn't come, everyone will be talking about that. If she does come, everyone will be talking about that. So whatever happens, I think there's going to be plenty of discussion of how their relationship is with the Queen and the wider royal family. Uh, and that means that this could be an opportunity for them to come back and appear magnanimous and really just throw themselves into the celebrations and keep a low profile if they remember how to do that, I'm not sure. Uh, or it could be a moment that they act diplomatically and maybe Harry comes back, but Meghan doesn't. And then the celebrations might go on after a bit of gossip column style coverage of that. Yes, definitely a lot to look forward to in the new year and a lot to a lot of questions that will hopefully be answered as well. <laughs> All right, well, yeah. before we wrap up, we wanted to check in on our royal kids in Pint Size Palace. And it seems like Kate and William have it rough at bedtime, just like the rest of us, because the kids don't really want to go to bed at their uh, scheduled time. <laughs> I can relate to this. Totally. So the Cambridge children have a bedtime of seven o'clock and Nanny Maria is on board. They're all working together to get the kids in bed by seven. And yet they have the, uh, the epic scream time battle that I think every parent runs into. Prince William talked about how, you know, they're still learning how to set those boundaries and limits with screen time. And I think every parent could relate to that. Um, every, every parent. <laughs> it's tough. It is a tough balance. Sometimes you just want to give in and just be like, do whatever you want. Right. You want to like keep those <laughs> yeah. rules uh, to firm, but it's hard. It's a hard balance. It is. It is. It, royals are just like us. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. All right. Well, that is it for this week's episode of Royal Yes. Christine, like I said before, happy new year. So happy that we can run down the royal news each and every week absolutely happy new year i'm looking forward to another year full of fun royal updates definitely all right well thank you everybody for watching keep commenting keep subscribing and christine and i will see you next week bye